0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, the story of nearly a billion dollars that's earmarked for Bay Area home renters. The question, can a patchwork of programs help renters who've fallen behind? Or will the weight of debt and uncertainty topple what some people have referred to as a house of cards, yielding another pandemic disaster? My Chronicle colleague Lauren Hepler is here to help us understand what's going on. Her latest story now online at sfchronicle.com found that all state and local rent relief programs in the nine-county Bay Area paid out just 10% of $889 million in available aid money. That's as of mid-July. And by some estimates, nearly 150,000 households in the region are now behind on rent. I'll ask Lauren what's at stake in the current crisis, what is delaying payments, and also what renters need to know right now. Lauren, thanks for the time.
1: Hey there. Thanks for having me.
0: Lauren, who is Victoria Medina?
1: Victoria is a mom of three who lives in the Mission District in San Francisco. And up until last April, she was working as a kitchen contractor at Google. So one of tens of thousands of people who kind of powers the tech economy behind the scenes in Silicon Valley. Um, She's originally from Cuernavaca, a city in central Mexico, but had lived in this one bedroom apartment with her family since 2004. So longtime San Francisco resident. Um, But once she lost her job, uh, like so many people, when unemployment last year spiked from 3% to 13% kind of overnight with the pandemic shutdowns, uh, she soon ran into trouble paying for rent. So she's now one of tens of thousands of people applying for rent relief in California. You may have heard Governor Gavin Newsom or others talking about this plan to pay 100% of pandemic rent debt for tenants who make 80% or less of the median income. So obviously some caveats to that, but it's a huge program, $5.2 billion in total. And Victoria is one of the people just waiting to see if that help is going to come through for her. She owes $9,000 dollars in rent debt, another two thousand plus in utility bills. So it's a huge question for her and her family whether they're going to be able to stay in their longtime home with help from this rent relief program or if they're going to have to figure out another way to deal with this debt or possibly face eviction.
0: And there's so many Victoria Medina's out there, right? I mean, you just said that she had worked at an office kitchen. I mean, that is a classic story of something that closed, That the job was was lost she was a contractor there's so many stories like that out there
1: Oh, for sure. That's even before. I've also talked to folks who work in, you know, just your average mom and pop restaurants in San Jose or in Oakland, people who even if maybe their jobs have started to come back, it's not at the same hours or they're simply not making enough money to pay back thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. So this is really kind of a huge economic question for the whole Bay Area.
0: Yeah. So let's get into that. What is at stake for the Bay Area, not only for for renters, for landlords, but for everyone.
1: I mean, the big thing is how many people could potentially be homeless as a result of rent debt. And the state has been very aggressive in all of their communications, saying, like, we we know that we need to head off a crisis where tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of people. That's another problem. No one's even totally sure of how much rent debt there is or how many people are behind after the pandemic, but making sure that as many people as possible are caught by this kind of unprecedented safety net that was set up during COVID to pay rent relief, to keep people from being evicted immediately. But now some of those uh, sort of supports are starting to expire. We saw this week there was a big commotion about the federal CDC eviction. And moratorium expiring, and now there's a more limited one going in its place. But I was just at a renter in Daly City's apartment over the weekend, and he was packing up his stuff and planning to leave. So the huge question for everyone is how many people are sort of falling through the cracks um, and whether the Bay Area is going to be able to catch them. Obviously, this is also playing out at a time when things are crazy uh, for other renters who are looking for housing. Prices are going back up in San Francisco and Oakland. So some people, um, I've talked to a couple people. who moved from the East Coast and were able to snag those like two months free rent deals at a new luxury building in Soma or something like that. Um, But for a lot of people, it's really tough out there right now, whether you're trying to buy your first house or you're trying to rent a place. So um, it's a tough time at a lot of different levels.
0: Yeah. And we're trying to return to school. And of course, you have a situation where a lot of children may lose their stable housing.
1: For sure. And that's a concern in Victoria Medina's case. She has three young children. And she said one of the big obstacles has been that she's, of course, looking to go back to work as soon as possible. But um, she's a single mom now and she doesn't have child care in the afternoons in particular. So you still have a lot of people that are trying to work around these very real constraints to try to get back on their feet.
0: All right. I know this is a complicated question and that's what you have been writing about. But tell us basically how these these programs work, these uh, rent relief programs.
1: Yeah. So I think the big thing to understand, because I did not fully understand it until I jumped in and started trying to request all the data, is that we're not talking about one rent relief program. We're talking about dozens and dozens that are running in California at the same time. So you can take an example like Alameda County. So in just that county alone, you've got Alameda County running its own state rent relief program. So taking millions of dollars from the federal government and saying, we're going to give this money out to renters. You guys should come apply for us directly. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. But then Oakland has its own program. And that program is actually run in tandem with the state. Fremont also has its own program. So in one county, you've got four different things running at once. And that's been really confusing for tenants to understand. They'll say, well, I applied to this one thing a few months back, Like, am I covered? And in some cases, places like the city of San Francisco have really been saying, if you're at all unsure, you really need to apply again to make sure that you're even in the system at this point. Um, The one thing I just jumped off a press conference with the state, they They are saying that they're really expediting the processing times, at least for people coming through the state portion of those programs. Uh, The big question now is going to be whether we can get all these different local programs aligned. Um, And again, making sure as much of that money gets out as fast as possible, because we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that's really badly needed to keep people in their houses.
0: Okay, I want to ask you about those delays. But first, just a, a little more on the basic side. Who qualifies? And what do they need to show to get the relief?
1: So again, this varies from place to place, but at high level, this is for people who make 80% or less of the area media income. So if you go to any of our stories at sfchronicle.com, we link to those documents. But in some places in the Bay Area, that's like more than $100,000 for a family. So we're talking about uh, working class, middle income families being eligible. But the caveat to that is that in some areas, they're saying folks who make 50% or less of the median income are going to be prioritized. In places like Oakland, there's an even higher bar. They're saying that they're really going to prioritize folks who make 30% or less of the median income, so low income, and are at highest risk of homelessness. So the idea is that the less you make, the faster you're going to get help, which obviously um, might make sense in terms of thinking about who has savings around to potentially weather some of these things. But again, the state is really urging everyone to apply if you think there's even a chance you might be eligible because there is a lot of money to go around.
0: And you do have to be affected by the pandemic in terms of your financial situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. So the applicant does testify to this themselves. um, But the one thing you have to show is sort of like proof of housing instability. So the main things that people are uploading are like a past due rent bill, or if you have already gotten an eviction notice, that would certainly qualify. Another good thing to note is that you don't have to show proof of US citizenship, you do have to prove your personal identity somehow just to verify that you are a, a renter and a resident in the state and then income documents. documents, they've also said, are going to really expedite your application, but they aren't completely necessary if you're in a situation where that's really hard to find.
0: All right, let's continue this in a minute, but we want to take a quick break. Before we go, for listeners, Lauren Hepler and Nami Samita, another Chronicle colleague, have put together a interactive map on how to apply no matter where you live. You can check it out at sfchronicle.com slash rent relief. We'll be right back on Fifth Admission. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Lauren Hepler. Lauren, let's get into your findings on how much of this rent relief has gone out and why, in some cases, it's been so slow.
1: That is a very good question. And the answer was a bit harder to find out than you might think. Um, I don't know. Call me naive. But I was like, all right, we're talking about $5 billion in federal money. I bet there's all kinds of reports out there on who has gotten this money so far and all of these things. But again, because I mentioned that we've got this mix of state, county, city programs all going on at once, that meant filing 10, 12 different records requests just in the Bay Area to figure out how much money had been paid um and once we finally got that back um it's it's a really mixed bag overall about 10% of the funding in the bay area has gone out so 88.5 million dollars has been paid to tenants in the bay area of this pot of about 889 million dollars um but when you kind of zoom in and look at specific counties, some of them have paid out much less. So Solano County is one where the county has paid out a million dollars, but the state has still paid out zero dollars. So in that case, only about two percent of the money has gone out um, but in a city like Oakland, where you've got multiple programs, again, running at once, the state and the city, they've paid out about 17% of their funding, uh, so like upwards of $9 million. So it just really depends where you're looking. Um, and again, state officials do say this process is speeding up. This was an unprecedented effort to get out this much rent relief this fast. So that's certainly not to be taken lightly. But again, the stakes are really high here because you've got people facing evictions.
0: But you also spoke to a number of advocates for renters. What are they saying about why the delays have happened and how that's affecting people?
1: I think one big thing is, again, this idea that it's a patchwork. You've got uh, lots of different programs that, that people are applying for. So one tenant advocate, Shanti Singh, with Tenants Together said kind of this idea that everyone's going to get 100% rent relief right now in practice doesn't hold up to scrutiny. The phrase she used is that it's got holes like Swiss cheese. Um, I think from a legal standpoint, I've talked to a lot of renter lawyers who are saying the thing they're most concerned about is like, yes, it's great that all these programs are out there because for the people that are starting to see money, it really is life changing. But in the meantime, there are still people getting eviction notices um, and landlords sort of testing whether they can get a judge to sign off on their case, if there's some sort of loophole with one of the moratoriums, or the biggest thing is just if people feel threatened by eviction notices and other things and just opt to say, you know what, I'm going to get out of here before this goes to court. I don't want it on my record. I don't want it dragging down my credit score. And that's something that's obviously really, really hard to measure and know how many people might be in that situation.
0: All right. A couple technical questions. First off, who gets the money? Does it go straight to the renter or to the landlords?
1: So generally it goes straight to the landlord to pay off the debt. But if it's a case where the landlord has chosen not to participate for some reason, the tenant is now eligible to get that money thanks to a change that was just recently made at the end of June.
0: Okay. And then what if, Lauren, you are a renter and you were so worried about losing your place? Uh, There are people who don't have legal status in the country. Maybe they uh, decided to, to find any way they could to pay versus a person who has been paying maybe partial rent over the year. But those two people are in the same financial position. Can they both get the same amount of rent relief or is the person that kept up with their payments out of luck?
1: Yeah, that's a huge question. And there's actually a term for that. It's called shadow debt, where on paper, you've kept up with your rent, but you've only done that by sacrificing other spending, taking out other loans. Um, a lot of people I've talked to have racked up credit card bills to help cover some of this. Um, and in this case, it, it is a tricky situation because the priority still goes to people who are at immediate risk of eviction, immediate risk of homelessness. Um, but there, there have been some changes made at the state level to to potentially make folks eligible especially if they already did move out of their apartment like I said earlier they can now apply for some rent relief but it's a it's a tricky issue and one that I think we'll probably hear more about as more funding kind of rolls out in the coming weeks and months
0: all right let's walk through a couple of larger issues you mentioned evictions. What is the state of evictions in the Bay Area in California?
1: That is a very good question, because uh, a lot of people are really unsure right now. Uh, So I was at eviction court at the end of last week when there was a case in Daly City coming to a head because it was a renter who was covered only under the national eviction moratorium because his rent actually started just before the pandemic shutdowns last year. Um, And in that case, the judge said, the sheriff is allowed to move forward with the eviction now. Um, so there are cases like that that are starting to kind of sneak through the cracks of these different moratoriums. But for renters who sort of meet these criteria, who started, taking on debt during the pandemic. They are still covered through September 30th right now. Um, And state officials are stressing that if you have a pending rent relief application, you can't be evicted after that as well. Um, So this is going to be an ongoing conversation for sure in the next several months.
0: So obviously people really need to know their rights in all these programs. And then what about landlords? How are they doing how are they coming through the pandemic?
1: The landlord situation is also interesting. There's a lot of variation depending on if you're talking about a large corporate landlord or sort of a person that, you know, lives and rents one room in their own triplex. Um, so on the the big landlord side of things, that's a case where this um, eviction that I referenced over the weekend in Daly City, um, the the landlord was very aggressively pressing that case and tenant organizers say they're concerned that others at that building could also be at risk of eviction. But at the same time, that landlord is offering new tenants two months free rent, $300 off your move-in costs. Um, So there's a concern that there's a bit of a disconnect, like trying to kick out the people who have fallen behind on rent while recruiting new tenants who who might be better able to pay longer term. Uh, So that's one big area to watch. Um, But when it comes to the small landlords, you've got lots of kind of messy personal dynamics playing out here. We've got another story coming um, about a woman who had just started eviction proceedings before the eviction moratorium started last year, and now she's kind of trapped in a pretty volatile situation. The tenant hasn't paid rent in over two years. Uh, the tenant built a structure in the yard that the landlord says was illegal. Um, so there's a lot of tension kind of festering. But at the same time, that landlord hasn't been able to access rent relief um, because the tenant is not cooperating. So you, that you're seeing some similar frustrations in some ways. Uh, on both sides in terms of who's cooperating and the delays, the confusion about the rent relief programs. Uh, But it's a lot happening at once.
0: All right, Lauren. So what happened to Victoria Medina, the woman that you wrote about in the mission?
1: Yeah, I just spoke with Victoria uh, early this week. And unfortunately, the answer is not a whole lot has happened. Um, She's still, yeah, $9,000 behind on rent. She is still looking for work that fits with her childcare schedule. Um, so it's a tough situation. She's selling tamales right now to, to sort of make ends meet. Um, there was one glimmer of hope, though. Uh, she did get an email that said it appears she had qualified for rent relief, but she's yet to get any details on sort of when that might come through, how that might come through, um, and ultimately, you know, how that's going to help her family.
0: All right, Lauren, thanks for the time.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: If you're looking for information on how to apply for rent relief, check out our interactive map at sfchronicle.com slash rentrelief. Thanks to my guest today on the program, Chronicle reporter Lauren Hepler, to Tatea Francesca Price for producing this episode, and thank you for
1: listening.